Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird hey Susie, what day is it it's Doodle day! Doodle day! Yes, welcome to episode 330 of the Groom Pod, recorded on March 13th, 2022, in Snohomish, Washington, and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by listener support through Patreon and through the donation button on our website, and by our kind sponsors Best Shot, Evolution Shears, Show Season, Groomore and Stasco. As I said earlier, Barbara, it's Doodle Day, all about doodles, because doodles are ubiquitous. They are everywhere in our industry. And what's new today is brought to you by Groomore Software. If you're looking for a software solution for your shop, mobile, or house call, Groomore is it. It has online booking and online forms and intake or matted dog forms, payment processing, reminders and wait lists, inventory, routing, calendar and QuickBooks syncs, and most importantly, 24-hour service. And they've given us a great offer. You can switch over to Groom More and try it for two months at half off. Just put in the code GroomPod. Not only is it Doodle Day, but it was Wackadoodle Week Boy, the wackies were out. I had a dog up in more into the proper area of Seattle, up where the yuppies live in downtown. And it, it's a dog that I've been doing for a long time, way out of my area. And they moved a little closer to my area. And they have two King Charles Spaniels. And the first time I came up to their new house, I couldn't find a place to park on their street at all. It's gigantic three-story houses on a tiny alley <sighs> with parking on one side. But just up the road, just a little bit, is a park. And there was plenty of parking at the park. So I parked at the park the first time and I did the dogs over there. Well, this time I got an excited text from her as I was driving up to her house. And she said, I've got three parking spots for you right in front of the house. You can fit in there, no problem. And I thought, sweet, I love that. And be right next to the where the family is and it's easier to switch the dogs in and out. So I got up there, a little, little, little tight corner, but I was able to negotiate past the car that was parked on the corner and get into their alleyway and I pulled into the spot and I parked and I set up and they brought the first dog out and about two-thirds of the way through the groom I get someone pounding on the door of the trailer and I mean pounding now mind you I have hearing protection on and I'm listening to some engrossing podcast or some exciting audio book or some of my homework for my class so I'm deep in thought talking to the dog and this person is pounding on my trailer so I open the door and I step out and it's a middle-aged lady very nicely dressed and she said what are you doing in here and I thought, well, you could have peeked in the window, but 
I said, oh, I'm a dog groomer. I'm grooming your neighbor's dogs. I said, I'll be here probably for another hour, maybe hour and a half, and then I'll be gone for another four months. And she said, oh, well, I live in this house you're parked in front of. And I said, oh, sorry about that, you know, but I'll be out of here pretty quick. And she wasn't quite so wackadoodle. They have two dogs. I swapped over for the second dog. I'm finished with the second dog. I send the text message to the owner that I'm done. And I open the door. And there's another middle-aged lady standing outside of the door, literally Ah! arms crossed, going, what are you doing here? And I said, hi, I'm grooming your neighbor's dog. I'm just finishing up. And she goes, You've been here for four and a half hours. And I said, no, no, I've been here about a little short of three, maybe maybe exactly three by the time I'm done. And she goes, no, you haven't. You've been here over four hours and it's just not right. And I said, well, I'm finishing up. I've got to go take this dog back. Don't worry, I won't be back for four months. And she goes, good. And she storms off. <laughs> oh my God. The very next day, I'm in a completely different location, parked at the end of a street next to a park, a small park on the water, but lots of parking places around. There's a beach club right next to it, but the beach club is closed. The maintenance guy was there. I chatted with him, let him know what I was doing. He's totally fine with it, right? I'm grooming two Westies. I'm finishing up the first Westie. Bang, 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 bang. I open the door. Middle-aged lady. What are you doing here? I said, I'm grooming one of the neighbor's dogs who is down this alley. I said, I can't really comfortably get down the alley. So during the winter time when the beach club's closed, I like to work here. And I've talked to the maintenance man at the beach club and he's fine with it. And I grew up right up the street. So, you know, I understand. She goes, well, we have a meeting here every Monday. Okay, well, (laughs) I said, gosh, I don't want to wreck your meeting. And then there was some poor husband behind her who was like, oh, no, is there any way you could just turn that off? And I said, no, no, I'm actually working. I can't just turn it off. I said, but what I would do for you guys is I'll drive a little bit farther up the street. I said, but I can't do anything until the owner comes and gets the dog because I can't drive away with their dog. And she's like, well, how long do you think it'll be? Well, I don't know. Mind you, I've groomed 15 years. I have never, maybe in the whole time I've groomed, had maybe one person knock on the door and ask what I was doing. And when I said what I was doing, they were like intrigued. They weren't angry. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. Two days in a row, the wackadoodles. Holy crap. Man, oh man, Barbara, the the crazies are out. (laughs) Oh, I suppose it's because... We finally lifted our mask mandate. We are the second to the last state to lift the mask mandate. As of yesterday, no more masks here, uh, except for in correctional facilities, care facilities, doctor's offices, and on transit or transportation. We still have to wear a mask there. I think we're at that status, too. Yeah, but you were probably there well over a month ago. (laughs) I don't know. I kind of go by whether... The fries staff has to wear masks. Oh, that's good enough. <laughs> you know, like that tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> and uh, I still am fairly conscious about it. And I still have to wear a mask to physical therapy. Do you mean that you don't believe that 
on Friday afternoon there was a virus, but on Saturday morning it was gone because that's what they're implying here. (laughs) Yeah, I know. No, it's a what a journey. I know. What a journey this is with this damn thing. Yeah. Well, anyway, I. How was your week? I had a mixed week, um, (laughs) and and one of the things was you might recall that I said that on the day that I had the big flooding, my uh, large hydraulic table on wheels, the Hanvey big boy, took a dive. Oh. And it just, uh, it went down with a clank and it wouldn't come back up. And I heard a big noise, oh. a, cl- a big clunk when I first hit the, the pedal to lift it up. So I knew it was a serious problem. And then I discovered in examining it, I discovered that the wheels were falling apart. The plastic uh, that I, I thought there was a piece of plastic right under the hydraulic pump, but it was really plastic that had broken off of the wheels the last time we moved the table to the tub. How long do you figure you had that table? I'm going to say over 20 years. What do you think you paid for it? Do you remember? You know, it was... A handy when I was working a lot with Curtis, and um, I bet it was twelve hundred bucks though. It was like eleven or twelve hundred bucks, and I he may have comped me the shipping, which is would have been about the freight would have been about six hundred bucks. So it was a very pricey, valuable, and it was so valuable. Uh, in the days when I was still doing large dogs. Well, now we're doing large dogs again on days when Dave is there. Um, But the only large dog that we do is Katie, the bearded collie, which comes, who comes, which who? She comes twice a month, every two weeks. I couldn't get hold of anybody to come look at the table. Really? Where do you go? You know, so I started asking other groomers and one friend gave me the name of her handyman who I then couldn't reach on the weekend because he was protecting his weekend time and not returning calls until Monday. The nerve of him. And then (laughs) I sort of lined it up with him to come on Friday because I had to chase him down. I sort of uh, lined it up for him to come on Friday and he no showed on me. Oh, and uh, so that was that, you know, like he just really he said he wasn't really a hydraulic person, but he could take a look at it. I said, well, I need a diet. You know, I need to kind of tell what's wrong, how bad it is. And um, so I thought he could help me do that. But apparently he just bailed on me. And how rude not to, you know. Yes. So um, then I did what I do so well and filed it in the back of my mind until, <laughs> until Yvonne pitched a fit. What are you doing about the table back here? <laughs> then I started asking other groomers, and finally I said hydraulic repair. Okay, hydraulic repair. I googled hydraulic repair. You know, they either said we just do vehicles or they said you know you have to bring it to us and I'm just like running around trying to find a mobile hydraulic repair person I found Rick 
well, I, I called Rick on a Friday and he said, uh, I'm on my way to, I'm in the car, I'm on my way to Yuma right now for a job and uh, you'll have to call me again. He doesn't call back. <laughs> you'll have to call me again, uh, you know, on Monday. Okay, so I call him on Monday and he's, uh, well, I'm on the road to so-and-so, <laughs> to Nogales, and I'm not sure whether I'll get back today or not. And so call me on Thursday. So it went like that. And I finally had to say, I'm desperate, you know. Yeah, it's your livelihood. This hundred pound dog is coming in and I can't bathe her. So the first the first week that Katie was due to come in, I just canceled her appointment because I just couldn't figure out how we were going to do it. And I knew that the owner had been having back problems. So the second week came and I, you know, the two weeks from then, I still didn't have the table fixed. But I had leeway. I mean, I had movement because I got Rick to come over. Rick took one look at me, reckoned that Rick is like an older man, an active older man. So he he sort of looked at me and said, you're one of us or something like that. Excellent. Oh, you're one of, you know, and I said, <laughs> okay. A secret club. You didn't even know you were in. <laughs> you know, so that gave me some confidence. He, he's got an assistant that just like silently, you might notice Yvonne, <laughs> silently shadows him and does his every whim. You might notice Yvonne. <laughs> so, you know, the helper, he runs back to the truck back and forth and they get the right wrench. And they take my handy tabletop off the frame and they haul up the frame to their truck and he takes it to the his facility. So then I was able to tell the owner, you know, like, we don't have a table yet, but it's at the garage <laughs> and we've got the man. And so, and it turns out that Rick, the mobile hydraulic repair, also owns properties and rents to a dog groomer. Oh. And his other property, he rents to a boarding kennel. That's what he meant. That's the secret <laughs> club. I love it. Well, <laughs> but I love it. So then I felt even better. Like, he's not a groomer, but look at he He's a sports groomer. He gets it, you know, and um, he did. He called me back on Monday and he told me that my table had indeed died. Do you have a plan? I'm going to have a new table on Monday. He found a place that sells the same frame on wheels. Right, Harbor Freight. For $250. Excellent. And he'll put it on for you? And he's going to put it together for me. He came in on Saturday and took the tabletop, the handy tabletop with him so he could put it on. You know, I don't know how much it's going to cost. It doesn't matter. It's your job. It doesn't matter. But it was um, a lot. I mean, I'm not going to say I was like friends with my table. Oh, but. Or anything. But that table served me. Yeah. Well, for many, many years. It looks like it's cost you 16 cents a day over the long haul. I did the math. Well, wouldn't you know? I'm impressed. That's pretty good uh, value for the table. 
Yeah, so now I have the name of a mobile helper guy. He doesn't do plumbing, does he? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know if my neighbor is dodging me or whether he's forgotten about me or what. I I have not been able to confront my neighbor to see if he if he has found time yet to do my to fix my water pipe. And I have not had the nerve to call the water department yeah. about my $1,300 bill. Yeah. I am just doing my Barbara thing and putting them out of mind. <laughs> uh, I really think that if I can, you know, like I'm so bad. I Well, I don't know whether you're going to say I'm so good at that. <laughs> or I'm so it is bad a skill. at that. It is a skill <laughs> for me to act. But, you know, the problem with being able to chase things out of your mind is that you lose other things. There's only so much space you've got up there. And when you start clearing the cash, when you, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're likely to lose other things. And, and I'm serious. You are likely to push other things out of your mind unintentionally, like the need to change a dog's appointment that just texted you or something. Right. You know, like, yep. yeah. So um, I'm kind of t- uh, trying to deal with that. And I had a- an epiphany. Oh, yeah? This week. Yeah, actually, I was going to tell you this privately, but I might, as well, I might as well say it. Okay. I was writing to somebody else who was a sort of like half humor, half not so, kind of talking about her day being, you know, difficult. And I said, we create our own hell on earth. And I sent it off. And then the next day, I said, fuck, I've created my hell on earth in this house. I have sentenced myself. A little, yeah. Yeah. To how many? Three, four, five years how many, two years without a kitchen sink? You know, like, come on. You're right. See, that's what I love about you is eventually you go, hey, wake up, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sit back here and watch and you'll go, hey, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm doing this to myself. <laughs> I'm doing this to myself. And then you'll have a fervor of cleanup activities and then, you know. Then, then I'll accept it again. Yep. <laughs> well, but I, but I have been picking up more things i i you know like i've been doing the physical therapy and it's enabled me to be able to to lean over and pick up things without a lot of pain and um so i have been picking up and uh starting to throw away and so on and so forth i've been doing that for actually a few weeks and you look fabulous i'll just say out here publicly you look well, you look like a million bucks i surprised myself because I put on a shirt that I hadn't worn since uh, it got cold. It's a short sleeve tee. And I said, geez, I, I look pretty good. And, you know, like I'm my worst critic in the mirror. But I said, gee, I'm looking better. And I, you know, like it's been my goal. Well, this is personal, but you can hear it. It's been my goal to reduce the body fat that I'm carrying on my upper belly. You know, I not only have the lower belly, but I've got the upper belly, and I've just created a 
hypothesis that that packed on fat is part of my shortness of breath problem. I could see that. Yeah, that's my hypothesis. So I thought, and it's that upper belly part that really makes clothes show my belly. And I, you know, like, I don't mind if people know that I have a belly, but I don't want that much of a lot. <laughs> I have, uh, you know, like made some changes in what I eat and, and uh, what I indulge in. And I've lost 20 pounds and I didn't even know it. I didn't, you know, I said, I better check my weight. And I checked it. I was like down 20 pounds. There you go. We are proud of you. So let's talk about some doodles. Okay. Well, take a break here real quick, and then we will doodle on. Room pack. Let me tell you about the newest thing from Best Shots Ultramax Pro line. I'm seriously stoked about these products. First up is Ultramax Hair Hold Spray. It's a mindfully created aerosol-free styling spray. It's flexible and can be layered on for a stronger hold. It's quick drying and has the Ultramax Delicate Sweet Pea Fragrance. Next up is my favorite new product in a long time. It's called the Max and I love it to the Max. It's a fragrance-free ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It's so concentrated that one small bottle makes 10 quarts. It reduces drying time, extends manageability, and aids you in achieving optimal coat performance. Mats and tangles brush away more easily, and it turns your recirculator into a de-shedding machine. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. It's amazing. Check it all out at ultramaxpro.com and see why Barbara and I are so excited. That's ultramaxpro.com. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor and order some Max and Hair Hold Spray today. For over 30 years, Best Shot has been making masterpieces out of nightmares in record time. Made from the best stuff on earth. Hey, Susie, that mindful creation of a product concept, that's pure Dave Campanella. (laughs) What would you say that means? Mindful formulation of a product. It's got so many dimensions, and I do think that Best Shot does include a lot of those dimensions. So being thoughtful about the environment and the choices that they make, being mindful about how stuff works together and how we work with it, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it just means keeping in mind and honoring the science and the facts about your sources and ingredients themselves and formulations and marketing. And it's like what's being mindful at the table. For me, it's my focus and concentration on safety of the dog as well as the mechanics of what I'm doing. I've started to think of myself as the public relations manager for the pets. So I'm trying to make each and every dog have a positive experience in the grooming process. <laughs> Thus, I'm the public relations manager. That's important to me. You know what Yvonne has entitled herself? What? She says, I'm the sous chef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. You know, she prepares. She prepares the dogs for me. (laughs) And I do my, what she calls, your magic. Do your magic on this. He's ready. (laughs) Yes, you are the head chef. 
I'm the head chef and she's the sous chef. Yeah. And it, it was pretty cute. I cracked up. I didn't even know know she knew that term. <laughs> <laughs> must, have, must have somebody in the family. <laughs> Working in the restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. All right, guys, it's time to start talking about doodles and Barbara. They're everywhere. They're just everywhere. I know. Listen, it's because people love them. I've got a little bit of uh, concern about the level of frustration that's being expressed and has been for the last several years expressed over this dog, the doodle. If I call it a breed, everybody's going to jump on my vocabulary. It's a hybrid dog. I did not see uprage when we had cockapoos and peekapoos. Now, those are poodle. You know, you could call them cockadoodles and pickadoodles. It would have been the same, but they didn't have that term back then. There's just a lot of widespread frustration of people who are overwhelmed with oodles of doodles. Oodles of doodles. Because it tends to be a time sponge groom commitment. I'd be certainly a lot happier with them if I wasn't in a mobile. Amen. Because you're you're limited in your drying options and all of that. I also have a short attention span problem. <laughs> I want to move after I've been there for too long. <laughs> That's my own issue, though. I hear a lot of people grumbling, grumble, grumble about the doodles. I have a concern. It's kind of from my psychologist self and my social psychologist self. And my social psychologist self says these groomers are kind of feeding each other these negative images about this dog, the doodle, whether it's a golden doodle or a labradoodle or a bernadoodle or a, these poodle mixes. We can call them much, I don't care, but they're here. And you know what? People love them and they're here to stay. And we can't really control that. And it is no longer true that all doodle owners are elite white Karens. No, there's all kinds of doodle owners out there There's now. all kinds of doodle owners now. And there's all kinds of doodles now. And we don't, we can't get all type one, type two, you know, like. Australian Labradoodles, doodle on doodle breedings. Yeah, but. You know, there's some decent doodle breeding going on and some exploitive doodle breeding going on. That's happening. That happens in all breeds. And we don't need to discuss the politics of it. What I'm concerned about is the kind of negative stereotyping that's being shared and and added on to about grooming doodles and about their owners. I I don't like to see somebody describe a difficult customer and then say, guess what kind of dog? First of all, it's not polite. You know, it's akin to racism. It's the same mistake as racism. What if what what if I described a rude customer and said, guess what race they are? 
that's a human tendency to do that, but we can control that kind of thinking. We can catch ourselves in the midst of that kind of thinking, and we can correct the concept and not go there. Let's just like not go there quite so much into the deep negative pit about doodles. Let's face that they're here and they can be difficult to handle and they can have difficult coats and we need to charge good money to do them. Okay, so what can we change on our end of the equation? And that's maybe in how we deal with the customers. We can change what we charge. We can change what we charge. And I I think that we can change how we interact with the owners of the doodles. I had a new doodle client approach me, a wannabe doodle client approach me this week. And I automatically conceived of a new model, a novel approach to taking on a new doodle client. So can I tell you the story of Cedric? Tell me about Cedric. I like that name, by the way. (laughs) Cedric is an interesting name. And I received a email, a text, a voicemail, another text from this woman that was looking for a groomer for her golden doodle. And she wanted to know, she was like real specific. She wanted to know how much it would be. And I said, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it was, it, she was, uh, it was uh, eight months old. I thought she said six months old and later we learned it was eight. But anyway, it was a, it was a little bit past first grooming age. Yeah, I prefer. I'd say. <laughs> and, she, and I don't know if they actually, we weren't clear whether this was Cedric's first grooming, but um, I, uh I was having difficulty explaining some of the variables there. So I just said, why don't you send me a picture of Cedric? And uh, she said, we have pictures of kind of the style that we would like. And I said, oh, good. Yeah, I love that. Send them to me, you know. And so and, and my willingness, like right there, changed how she was interacting with me. She was really happy to hear that I wanted to see Cedric. And I was interested in looking at the pictures. And I said, I, I'm real happy trying to create as something that you like from a picture. I've worked from pictures for 50 years, right? <laughs> so, yeah, let's do that. She did that. And then I saw Cedric. And Cedric, big boy, in bad shape. Oh, <laughs> Boy. He he looked kind of matted. And I look, I mean, and they I sent you one picture. I, they sent me like four pictures of Cedric. And he looked pretty rough. And I kind of hemmed and hawed at that. Well, then the husband called me. And he had emailed me in the meantime, but he called me. I had talked to her about maybe bringing Cedric by on Saturday for me to take a look and kind of narrow down what I thought was realistic for the dog and everything. 
So he called me, he said that he was willing, you know, he, he was really willing to brush the dog and take my instructions and get what tools I suggested and products. And he just wanted it, the dog to look like this dog, which is kind of a somewhat full doodle with a mohawk. <laughs> and so I suggested they bring the dog in. And now, here I am, I'm spending like a half an hour on the phone, and then I'm going to spend another, what, half an hour with them coming into the shop and me looking at their dog? Well, yeah, because that hour of time is going to translate into more likely success once the dog starts coming in, because I've got them, we're on the same page. I can get them on the same page. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. They brought Cedric in. I said, oh, God, what a handsome dog. He's so cute. I mean, he really is kind of cute. And the owner had brushed him out before he brought him in. The coat is not as curly as most doodle coats are. Not as poodly. It was more wavy and it was light puppy hair still and he had managed to brush it out thoroughly i took my big comb and went through here and there and everywhere and whoa you did a great job dude (laughs) (laughs) you're hired (laughs) yeah and so he kind of beamed and uh i kind of said well you know in this case i think we might be able to achieve what you want Without, because I had over the phone, I had told him I, I thought maybe he needed to face uh, face it. The dog needed the clip down because he looked to me like it was very tangled. I just use that term, very tangled. But I'm telling you, the, the response I get to this couple when I just started being not tough, but truthful, you know, but truthful about what they might expect to have happen at the groomers. And I, t- I told him, if it's as mad as I think it is, there's not a groomer in town that's not going to want to clip that dog short for the sake of the dog as well as uh, a matter of the time involved. And he understood that. And he was ready to, you know, like have her clipped down, him clipped down. Well, they brought the dog in. The coat wasn't that bad. And I really thought he could make it. But it does, ha- he is very thin of hair on the hawks and where he was neutered they did each foreleg they must have not been able to find a vein or something so he has a little poodle look in the front so he has a little poodle uh yeah you know so i started talking kind of groomer to groomer to this to the man because he's willing to take on being the home groomer So I said, you know, like I have two choices. I can go lowest common denominator and make the whole dog match this length, which would make be a shave down. Or I can just like kind of ghost that area, pretend it's a full coat and just will just shape around it. And yeah, and he got that. And I and then as I'm as I'm there talking to him and the dog, that dog is just like grabbing at me with his mouth, Uh-oh. trying to grab my hands, really mouthy. And I just did the no, no mouth, you know, <laughs> and he just kept on doing it. And I said, okay, you've got a job here. <laughs> you need to get him to stop doing that. 
And he said, oh, okay. He said that what they do at home is they have a substitute mouthing. They have toys or things. I said, okay, bring the one that he's most likely to take. And they talked about using treats and I coached them about treats is good, but do not give them a treat to try to talk them into the behavior. Only give a treat when they've done the right thing. Only. And don't tell them good dog to cajole them into being good. You know, because that that ruins the whole charge that you have around the good dog. You know, you got to be sure that you never tell them a good dog when they're being a bad dog. That's right. (laughs) So, you know, like, and they're nodding their heads. This is a different model. This is the consultation before the first visit model of taking on a new customer. And uh, I'm going to expose it. I'm going to write about it a little bit because it's what I've done it before. And I even have a, you know, like a $25 puppy get to know, get acquainted uh, appointment. I didn't charge them anything. In fact, I gave him a comb and um, and I sold him a bottle of Cinnamon's coat spray to, and showed him how to mist and comb. I told him he needed to, to brush and comb. We set up an appointment that's in two weeks. So I gave him homework for the two weeks to, uh, to not only not bite at the hand, but allow the hand to hold the at least hold under the chin to kind of steady the head doesn't have to be a vice grip but he's got to allow you to touch his face so you can work on that chrissy calls it um, the posable action figure and that you're instead of holding that you're guiding the dog into the position you want especially a dog like mm -hmm. that where he's so mouthy yeah yeah so i i you know like now i scheduled them I can't take on grooming that dog. And I, but Dave grooms doodles and Dave, <clears throat> Dave Dave actually grooms too many doodles over at his other job, but he grooms doodles for me and he also uh is sometimes very good. He has a little bit more of an authoritative approach. He's still very patient. Um, but he, uh, and he can, if necessary, he can hold the beard of a dog pretty firmly. I can't, they can just pull right out of my grip, but I don't want to get into a mano a mano thing with Cedric. Right. He'll probably win. (laughs) What I want to do is I schedule him on a day when Dave, Dave and I are together so that then I'm going to ask Dave if he will just be my hands and just do what I say. Yeah. And, and I, and let me, let me kind of be here and kind of coach this and then I'll know what we can do and what we can't do. And um, the extent of restraint that's possible and not possible and kind of coax the puppy through the first grooming um and set some uh 
modus operandi for Cedric. So speaking of modus operandi, should we talk about maybe the science behind curly coats? Well, yeah, I think it's important that groomers recognize um, that there's a little bit of science to be known about curly coats, and it's fairly recent science. But the, the truth is that curly coats are more fragile, more easily broken and damaged than straight coats. And it is because in the lay of the curl, the inner inner ingredient, no, not ingredients. Okay. Hang on. It, it, Let me play the intro to Back to School. Okay. And the next ad, and then you can launch into this. And you've got a second to formulate it because, of course. Yeah, well, don't count on that. (laughs) 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 Chris Bear Anthony visiting the groom pod again. Okay. So you know I love my Evolution Swivel Shears. And you even know that these customizable shears come in non-swivel as well. But did you know that they're the only ones I've been trusting my sharpening with for around 15 years? And that that's how we met? What? You haven't tried their sharpening yet? If so, send in your next batch of sharpening and you'll get one shear sharpened for free with a $75 order just for telling them where you heard about them. Your shears and blades will thank you. Groomers, take your seats. School is about to begin. All right, the science of the curly coat. Why is it important? Well, because it affects how we experience grooming. It affects the coat. So here's the bottom line. The bottom line is that the curly hair, curly and kinky hair, is more easily damaged and easily to break and therefore it's much more easy to mat than the straight coat and it's because the inner elements the cortex and the cuticle kind of get rebalanced uh, when the the outer side is stretched over the arch of the curve right so it's going to kind of have a thinner protection there actually than on the underside of the curl. So when we try to straighten it, we can more easily damage that side that's kind of weakened physically from the curliness. Yeah, it's more stretched out. It's more stretched out. Now, it's all microscopic. And we never knew this until they had microscopic photography, you know, the SEM that we love. And there's other technology there that just in the in the last 10-15 years has managed to take hair science to whole new planetary levels right yes and we understand so much more about hair than we did then and what we understand is that we knew so much less about hair than we thought we did yeah Right. Funny how that so, works. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the truth is, doodle hair hasn't been that studied. But we know the combination of breeding results in a certain kind of 
combination of coat matter. And so we have more fuzzy undercoat as well as curly coat and kind of the whole disheveled look of the doodle. By the way, it's that disheveled look that people love. That's why I thought I'd be so good at them. I figured, oh, it's perfect for me. But then it turns out that it's just not the right thing for mobile. For me, it, I, there's a local girl who does almost all doodles, and yeah. she's got it down. She's got a nice system, uh, sometimes even has two people with her. So uh, it's helpful for her. She can do, she can knock out a two-doodle house and nothing flat. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. The, uh, the other upshot of this kind of more easily damaged coat, and one of the ways to tell if a coat has cuticle damage is to look at the natural coat without any product in it and determine if it has any sheen or shine. If it's a dull coat or, or matte look, which is not a bad thing, but a matte look, a lack of shine, indicates that the cuticle is not flat and smooth enough for the light to be reflected off it and make it look shiny. Does that make sense? Yep. Oh, it, Yep. That made sense to me when I said it for once. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It does. <laughs> yeah. So that's just a quick way that you can make a hypothesis about the coat. That if it's dull, it's probably got nicks and cracks and crevices and an open, more open or lifted hair cuticle and maybe weak spots and so on and so forth. And that brings to mind, what should we do? Yeah, what products do we use then that will protect that weak side of the hair? Definitely the doodle coat, the combination coat is a good candidate for protein because it's likely to have open cuticles, damage areas, shampoos and conditioners that have uh, added protein are a good idea for doodles. And if you get one that it's you know, like they're coming in fairly regularly or very regularly, and it's still matted every time. This would be a time to choose to do a protein treatment, such as uh, Chris Christensen Thick and Thicker. I think iGroom has a keratin protein leave-in conditioner that might be a choice. Um, I like the human product that's called... Um, neutral protein filler and I can because I have a bathing beauty recirculating system I can just kind of do a recirculating protein treatment rinse or I can just add that to a con any conditioner of my choice and beef up the protein in the conditioner of my choice protein in the shampoo is a good thing but it's not going to be a treatment thing. It's going to be more of a preventative thing. And we do need to protect these curly coats from things like slicker brushes. I knew and it. See, I, I knew I, it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You notice I paused because I hate it every time that I got to, just got to knock your favorite tool. It's but not my to favorite slap, tool, but it's I want to slap that sucker out of every one of his <laughs> hands. Bam, get rid of that thing. Bam, get rid of that thing. 
Do you know what you're doing to coat? <laughs> you know, like I'm terrible slicker brush police. Um, I would just as soon relegate them to a minor role. Now, I used my slicker brush the other day. Was, I was combing something out, okay? And it had little pieces of desert debris here and there, not everywhere, but just here and there, some stickers or something. And actually, we picked apart, this was the bearded collie, we picked apart a whole nasty round piece of cactus out of her front leg that it was so stickery and it was starting to ball up into a huge ball of hair with a cactus core gosh that sounds awful oh it was it was terrible and we had not bathed her because i didn't have the table we were doing a dry clean and but i it's not a doodle coat so let me back off of that tangent tangent little input there so uh for the doodle it's good it's good to use a protein um conditioner if you want to use a protein shampoo, it's good. Uh, you know, the eye groom, I've been using the eye groom uh, volume shampoo and conditioner on my hair. And I really like how it makes my 82-year-old fragile gray hair uh, feel. So that's a suggestion. Um, does show season have anything? Show season has lots of things. Show season has... Show Season has an excellent shampoo, Aminoflex. So I'm going to say, you know, like I would match that with a protein conditioner. You'll have to search for that. I don't have that right off the top of my head today. Okay. I do love the Amino, uh, the mean Aminoflex protein shampoo and uh, if you're going to want protein to deposit, you really need to leave something sit on there for five minutes or more. That's why I like conditioner treatments. Um, but what I have found is that if I over condition these curly coats are any coats and they fall too flat, they're going to be hard to do a nice snap-on comb uh, finish. Or perhaps a mohawk. I was wondering if this is a goldeny hair rather than poodly hair, how are you going to pull off that mohawk? Oh, I talked to the guy about this. I told him, I said, you know, there's, I can do a mohawk. I love them. Dave loves doing them. But he's got such floppy hair that we're going to have to, the only way I can do it is if I load it up with product. Ah, you're going to spike it up. And That'll he said, cool. yeah, he said, okay, you know, uh, well, it, it doesn't necessarily have to go into spikes. Yeah, I can, I think I can do it kind of like I do the Westy head with a, with a spray, and but, but add some gel in there, gel and spray and shape it and kind of uh, use the brush around the edges and shape it up there. Um, if not, they have, they sent me other pictures of doodles with capped, top knots that I can do that I think they will accept. We're going to try to do the the thing, but I warned him that I, the only way I could do I asked, I said, do you want color on it? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, darn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's... too girly, too girly, 
too girly. <laughs> Let's take one more break and come back with some tips and, and tricks and suggestions for the noodle coat. All right? Okay. We love our sponsors, like Show Season. Let me tell you about my favorite Show Season products. True Tearless is a hypoallergenic, scent-free shampoo that really cleans and never, ever leaves a fragrance. Pair it with the hypo conditioner and you have a winning, smell-free combination. Results Rinse is an after-bath rinse that lightly conditions and protects without adding any weight to scissored coats. It aids in drying time and it helps with brush outs too. Show Season carries Barbara's Essential Oil Blends and Mellow Pet Shampoo, Blueberry Products, Delicious Colognes, Hemp Products, a Feline Line, Spa and Natural Options, and so much more. You can find Show Season animal products at all shows and through lots of distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. And you can check out all their products at their website, thebestpetshampoo.com, or call 678-382-0218. Make every season a show season. Let's see what's happening at the grooming table. All right, give us your additional thoughts on the subject of doodles, Barbara. Well, well, I am always mindful, (laughs) mindful that the doodle is an informal breed, that that's the aesthetic side of this uh, combination. And it's really one of the main reasons that the doodle is popular. It's not just because it's marketed as a non-shedding breed, but it's also, it's also uh, has this informal, shaggy, tousled look that's kind of even popular with human hairstyling yeah. of, the, of the era. So we're in the era, the era. <laughs> we're somewhere. <laughs> we're we're the definitely <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> the no, t- no, we're we're in the time of the period of the informal shaggy look. Okay, so people kind of you, you know, there's a time to do perfect scissoring, and there's a time to not. So I actually think. The poodle in your doodle means that you've been too precise in your finish work. And you have created something that is associated with the aristocratic entitled poodle and person. The bougie people. The the bougie people. Uh, And, and, you know, like uh, those kind of negative things. So the... You know, the people who first bought the doodles might have been the bougie people, but the people that are buying them now are the people that have seen them on commercials and seen them in magazines. I mean, because they're photographed all the time. Uh, They're just so expressive. They just, just have this, and people love it. And so then they're photographed more and used more. And so it all just keeps going around and around, building up the desirability of this look this dog this informal breed but on the good side for the groomers is that it means that you can do a use a clipper vac and do a nice cut on the doodle and you don't have to go over and scissor everything 
Amen. <laughs> you know, there is such a thing as over-scissoring the doodle. Don't do it. Don't bother with it. Use snap-on combs. Use chunkers. I encourage you. There's now a whole website. That's this picture. The pictures that these people sent me of doodle styles that they liked. They were all decent styles. I liked them. And they got them off of some Pinterest collection or website collection of We Love Doodles. And, uh, you know, I think we need to just go ahead and celebrate the fuckers because they're here. <laughs> and, and you know, I used to love schnoodles. Oh, me too. They're some of my favorite dogs. I owned a schnoodle and he was, a, he was the best little guy. He wasn't the brightest bulb in the box for a darn sure. <laughs> but he was just a willing family member, you know, and, and you know what? I have a couple of pictures of him, of how I groomed him. And I so bad would like to groom him again. <laughs> <laughs> I really have changed. I really have changed. I would really, you know, he had a long beard and everything. Um, I just wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I just say, uh, you know, try not to stereotype negatively, negatively stereotype. When we allow ourselves to do that, we create a negative filter that filter everything. We experience what we expect. And, you know, if we start expecting um, to be dissed by people, you'll get dissed. I, I swear to well, why would I swear to God, I'm an atheist? But. <laughs> well, okay, let me let me wrap it up by saying that these dogs, most of them, have smarts. Most of them can learn, and every second they're on your table, you have the opportunity to teach them a different way. So you've got to work with them on the table, start them early, get them so that they learn what your expectations are, and uh, be consistent. And these guys will make you some money. And engage the parents in the process. You really, this is an opportunity to partner with your client and to get to know somebody different. And create a lasting yeah. bond that will go on for many generations of uh, dogs through the family. I Listen, I had a man come in, I didn't recognize him. And he said, uh, I'm so-and-so. And I said, well, a nice, good thing. Fine. <laughs> nice to meet and you. And he said, I, he said, we used to bring my mother's schnauzers. We've brought many dogs to you, but not for about 10 years. And I said, wow, what brings you back? They had moved way out of town in the outskirts. And then they moved back to Midtown and they just came right to me. And that's cool. That happens. Uh, in in all of our work, I think we have to uh, start working on our customer relations and form more of a partnership with them uh, and coaching them and grooming and products and tools and, you know, help them be successful in their home grooming instead of just expecting them to be perfect in their home grooming because that ain't happening. <laughs> and that is going to wrap up this show for the week and Doodle Day. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. I love listening to Barbara tell us of all her doodle experiences since I am now down to four regular doodles, one cockapoo, and one schnoodle. So I've got it nicely 
pared down to a manageable chunk. They're all small of size, with the exception of one who is a man-hater. And I just wouldn't send her anywhere else because... Because who knows, you know, she's she and I get along well. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, you blamed me for digressing and thought you were going to wrap it up. Yes, and, and then I, I digressed. Of me wrapping it up, and then you digressed your own self. <laughs> Welcome oh. to the Groom Pod, everyone. Anyway, <laughs> have a good week. We'll be back here next time on the Groom Pod. Happy grooming, everybody. Bye-bye now. Bye, folks. Take care. Take care of yourselves.